Um, in our studies, we're up to the point of uh, the third week in your booklets. And if you don't have a book, I think there's some in the back. And, and again, Landon, thanks for putting them together. But I think it's day one or day two of the devotionals. It talks about do not quench the spirit. And, and, and we're talking about the spirit and how important the Holy Spirit is in our life. But, but we say do not quench the spirit. We had a tongue and interpretation a few weeks ago and, uh, and we went on a series of, it seemed like almost every week after that. But the very first tongue interpretation we had at the end, it said do not quench the spirit. Don't quench what God's doing in your life and, and, and never stop that. Well, a lot of th- times we don't, uh, we take it strictly that way. Just don't stop God from moving in your life. But if you look up the word quench, it means to satisfy, satisfy one's thirst. And, and what the Holy Spirit is telling us, what the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is saying, do not quench the spirit, means is never be satisfied with where you're at in the Lord. Always want more. Quenching the spirit is lack of satisf- satisfaction, if you will. You want more of God, you want God to move, and you could be doing the best that you've ever done right now, but you want more of God, you're not satisfied. You want God to pour in you, you want God to pour through you. You don't want to just accept Jesus as Lord and say, oh, I'm good, I'm satisfied, I'm content now, I'm going to eternal life. Well, guys, our bodies are designed to worship God. And you're going to fill that void with something, whether it's God or it's the Holy Spirit. So you are designed to worship God, and and you will never be totally satisfied in your relationship with God, I think, until you're there. Now, I'm not saying you won't be happy, but I mean until you're just sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping all for all eternity, that's when you're going to be complete. But you're always going to be searching for something and wanting more of him and, and pressing in. And that's what the apostle was telling us is to press into the Lord all the time. Seek him all the time. Don't quench the spirit. It's obvious that, that you didn't allow the snow to satisfy your relationship with the Lord today. You came on out. And we have a good turnout. You didn't allow the, the music or John or, or, or the church or anybody to keep you from worshiping God today. You weren't satisfied. You wanted more. And we worship God. But realistically, if you're like I am, you know, the men's retreat was this weekend. And actually, I was supposed to be down there at 3 o'clock. But I'll be honest with you, it's been slammed lately. And I didn't even want to go to the men's retreat. I was satisfied in my relationship with the Lord. And, and, and I didn't want to go. I had, to be honest with you, I had a hundred and, well, two hundred and some dollars in the retreat. And I'd made my mind up. I was staying home. And I wasn't going to go. But I knew I should go. The Spirit was drawing me because he wanted me to have more of him. I wasn't satisfied, and I knew if I I would go there that I would get more of him. But I got around to Friday morning. My lawn's not mowed. They're calling for snow and rain all weekend. I have no time to mow. I go down to my barn. I open my barn up. It's trashed. Uh, my equipment's not kept up. Uh, my equipment's worse than it's ever been because I'm so far behind. I'm ashamed of I'm embarrassed of my garage. I was thinking of every excuse, the reason I didn't need to go. How many times did I call you or text you Friday? Three? 
And the last time I text Landon, don't be surprised if I don't go. Just go on without me. And, and I can't just think of all these reasons. Well, finally, I called Landon. I said, let's go at five, and that'll put us there right on time. And, and, and so the Lord really used him. But he did, uh, Landon said he'd drive. I didn't have any excuses. I just got in with him and drove down there. And, and to be honest with you, we enjoyed the fellowship of the Lord on the way down. And get down there, and it's pouring rain. Couldn't find a parking place. And finally, we give up, and I walk a half mile in the rain. We're soaked. Get inside, can't find a seat. End up, we're at the very top, and the very point at the back. If it was that little light switch up there at the very top, I was even higher than that. It was the very last seat in the house. And, and you walk by all these people, and there's all these empty seats, and they all say, oh, we're saving them for somebody. And I'm thinking, I'm the last one that's out there, believe me. And they're still saving seats. And I'm going to look around here a little bit and make sure. But one of the guys I about laid into was a guest of somebody from Oakton. Think about that. And, and I didn't know him. And the, the Oakton person wasn't with him. He was getting drink or going to the bathroom or whatever. And coincidentally, that's one that I about picked on saving seats when he actually really was. There's somebody there. Get up in my seat. Sit down, and then they start to worship, and I'm thinking, i got to get back up again. You guys never done that today, did you? You didn't do that all today, did you? You know, you're not that way. And, and I, 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 I get up to my feet, and, 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 uh, and I'm standing there, and I'm being real critical now. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. So I'm soaking wet, and I'm sitting there, and so I reach down and get my pop. Actually, I think I sat down, get my pop. And it had been sitting there. And I never drink pop, but I got one that night. And, and I opened it up, and it goes all over me. And I hate being sticky. I, I can't. Salt in my bed will do me in every time. If you want to upset me, if we're in Albania, put salt in my bed. It'll ruin me for the week. I hate salt in my bed I, I, or anything in my, I mean, but anyway, uh, sticky now. And I hate being sticky. And my coat's soaking wet, so I thought, yeah, I just, so I'm drying, or, you know, cleaning up with my coat. And by then, worship's about halfway. I don't know where we're at, but now the floor's sticky and my feet are sticking to the floor. And so we worship a little bit more. Then I turn around and the guy come up and sat by me. And, and he knocks my coat in the pop and he's standing on it. I'm like, God, what do you want from me? You know, I'm here to worship you. Ha <laughs> ha. So we say anyway. We always face spiritual man. And, and anyway, uh, sitting there, so I'm really, you know, I'm getting my tail. I'm getting bullied by Satan is what's going on. But a lot of times we get bullied by Satan, we take it out on God. And, and so I'm just kind of. And the spirit told me, told me, he goes, you always tell your people at church to uh, worship me when you don't feel like it. I thought, thank you. And, and, and I'm not kidding. This is what I said. God, I'll worship you and you only and for no reason but for you. I could care less about this band or this place right now. I'm worshiping you just because it's you and you asked me to. And I put my hands up and the Spirit of God went poof. 
You talk about a dump. Tears immediately burst out of my eyes because of the immediate presence of the Lord. And, and that's what we don't understand so many times. We, we quench the spirit. We get satisfied, whatever it may be, and we miss out on God when I don't think we realize how important the spirit is in our lives. How important it is to be full of the spirit. You know, the Bible says, don't be drunk on wine, but be full of the spirit. It's saying never to be satisfied that, that it compares it to being drunk, which means you're overfilled with the spirit to the point you can't maneuver. That's how full of the spirit we should be. That's how much of the spirit we should want to be. But so many times we're think, we think we're doing God a favor by worshiping him. Let me tell you a secret. He don't need our worship. We need to worship him. That's what satisfies us. That's what fulfills us. That's what makes us into the people that we need to be is when we give in to the, the submission and submit to the spirit. But I ask you today, do we realize how important it is to be full of the Spirit? Do we realize how important that it is to be led by the Spirit? And, and the Lord began to really, to be honest with you, I didn't have anything put together until really this morning. Because the Lord's kind of been working me and trying to get me where He wanted me to be. But He reminded me after I gave in to the Spirit... And began to just, he just started showing me last night, right before I went to sleep, all the things he told me after I finally yielded to him. And I could, I could have wrote down 10 to 20 things I know the Lord spoke to me. And I don't say that like I'm all that. I'm saying that, guys, we need to be that way all the time. We need to be knowing the Lord, hearing the Lord speak to us minute by minute by minute. But some highlights of that is he said, you need to treat your wife better during the conference. That's one way I got ministered to. You need to do better at that. And he didn't do that to beat me up. He did that because a happy wife is a happy life, right? No, he did it because he cared about me in our relationship. When we get in our mind that the Spirit cares about us, we wouldn't be quick to be satisfied. We'd want more of the Spirit. We wouldn't be quick to say, oh, I've got enough. You'd want more. And then the Spirit went on and he told me uh, many things. But with all this stuff going on with the church, expanding the Carthage, you wouldn't believe the way the devil attacks my mind and tries to quench what we're doing and, and says, oh, man, you could just stay at Oakton and everything. Man, everything would be great. Oakton's doing awesome be satisfied. Let's just quench the spirit. You know, so many times we think it means stop the spirit. It means you're just good enough. God, Oakland's good enough. We don't need to do more. And we go down there and I think of that, man, there's some families down there that's already been touched that they have not. There's been about 10 people that have not missed church when the doors were open down there since we've done this. They've gone to everything. And I'm talking about Spanish as well. Now, they don't go to the Saturday nights, I don't think. They could have been there last night for all I know. But, man, they've been touched by God, 
and they're on fire for God, and, and, and man, they're, they're moving. And I say 10, there's probably a few more than that that, that are new. We can't be satisfied. But the Lord went on and he told me that night, he said, Kent, you stay the course. Stay the course, no matter what anybody says. Stay the course with a vision that, and it's more than that vision. Oakland's got a hundred visions, but stay the course. Stay the course on the building fund. You know, we could have quenched the spirit this morning and said, oh, oh man, we're satisfied. We're getting by. We got the payment. Why not ask the Spirit what He wants to do? Because He will tell you what to do. John's made a, put it before you. And, and how many of you have prayed about that? At the end of the service, we'll call an altar call. God will put it before you on, on your relationship with Him. What are you going to do with it? Have you, did you pray about it? But being led by the Spirit is so important. Do we realize how important it is? Being led by the Spirit was so important to Jesus that he did it himself, but he told the disciples, you don't leave Jerusalem. You don't do anything until you have received the gift, the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't quote that exactly, but Acts 1, 4, and 5. It was so important that we be led by the Spirit that he said, don't leave home without it. And how many times do we leave home every day without asking the Spirit to give us direction? To be in our lives today, Lord, what do you have for me today? The Spirit was so important that in Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had arrived, or accepted, excuse me, accepted God's message, in other words, they were saved, they sent Peter and John there immediately. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for the, these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. That's how important it is to be led by the Spirit that when the main church got wind of it, oh, they're, they're saved down there, but they're not filled with the Spirit, they sent Peter and John down there immediately to see that they were full of the Spirit. So they too could be led by the Spirit. Don't leave home without it. Then it says, Peter and John laid their hands upon them, the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Being led by the Spirit and, 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 the, being, and, and letting the Spirit be in charge is so important that an angel of the Lord went to Nias in Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18, and told him this Paul that crucified, or actually Saul, that crucified the church, that had been murdering all your friends, he got saved on the road to Damascus. And so the angel of the Lord went to this priest, Ananias, and he says, you need to go pray for him that he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that's how important it is to be led by the Spirit. Saul, Paul already had directions to go see this guy. He went in there and he saw the guy. And instantly something fell from Saul's eyes. And he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Or here, I've jumped up before it here. I'll just read it from the beginning. And Ananias went and found Saul. 
He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Spirit. Then he laid hands on him and instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight that he got up and was baptized. And it makes me wonder, and again, I'm winging it today big time, but, but I was reading that, it made me wonder if part of the reason the scales were there is because Paul was so rambunctious before about defeating the Christians and he is so gung-ho that the Lord blinded him for a while until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that he could be powerful and effective for the Lord, so that he could be led by the Spirit. Because you see, immediately, the word says, Paul went out and began to preach. Immediately. Man, he did about face. And he immediately changed the way he believed and began to preach Christ. And that's when his name was changed to Paul, for those that didn't know. Being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit was so important that some 25 years later, when Paul just happened to be passing through Ephesus, and he found some disciples, disciples, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul says, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come to him, that is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with new tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And so we see here how important the Spirit is for the believer. How important it is to be led by the Spirit, to continue to be filled with the Spirit, to be moving out in the Spirit. And so I just want to show you, and we're going to read John 14, 26, 29, why it's so important to be filled with the Spirit, and mainly because it makes us powerful and effective for Jesus. It'll help us through life, but yet it'll, it'll get into to ministry and those other things that we'll talk more about next week, most likely. But Jesus said in, in, in John 14, 26, actually, I'm going to jump down to 15. If you love me, obey my commands. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Advocate means helper who will never leave you. Wow, that's pretty cool. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So he's going to tell you about all the truth of God, which I'm jumping the gun here. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. Get that. He's with you now, Jesus, and later you're going to be filled with. Now I will not abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you. We're going to jump down to verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate, the helper, as my representatives, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. That's pretty cool right there, isn't it? He's going to remind you of everything that Jesus ever said. He's going to remind you of anything you've ever been told. I mean, it's, it's powerful here what he, the Spirit is given for. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. 
So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that that when they do happen, you will believe. So why is it important to be filled with the Spirit? The Holy Spirit will be our strength. He'll be our everything. He'll be beside us. And I was reminded of Acts 4.31, and this is probably one of my favorite scriptures. But when the, the people of Peter and John were getting beat up by the world, man, they were wanting to kill them. They were wanting to destroy them. Everything was against them. And they went back to the church, to their people, and they prayed. And the place was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were renewed with the Spirit. The Spirit didn't leave them. It gave them more power. The Spirit was with them the whole time. But, but when they were even tired, the Spirit wanted to make them stronger. He wanted to give them more. He wanted to satisfy their need in every area, every aspect. Two, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring you your remembrance of all things. This is just jumps out at me all the time. And, and, and God, uh, when you're a preacher and you've got to preach four or five times a week and you want to be fresh, you've got to hear from the Lord. And it, it almost makes you pray. It almost makes you do these things. And to be honest with you, sometimes I check my motives, man. Would you still pray if you didn't have to do this or you didn't have to do this? Would you still seek God if you didn't have to do this, this, and this? You know, I, 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 but anyhow, I don't want to chase that rabbit right now. But I want to be fresh and I want to have a word for the people. And, and I, I, I didn't have, I mean, there's just a lot going on and, 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 and this funeral with Abby, I wanted a word for the family. I wanted God to speak to them. And, and, and I was praying and, and the Lord, he spoke to me this word. And he reminded me of some things that Chip said. He reminded me some things that the word said. And he reminded me some things that Jesus done, but it was right back to the scripture that I read to you today. Jesus showed the believer how to handle it when somebody passed. And in John 14, 27 and 28, Jesus told the disciples about the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you everything and he'll remind you of everything. Then he goes into how to deal with this. He says, peace. In other words, he was telling them, I'm getting ready to leave. And, and he was telling them how to deal with it. After he is gone, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But he was teaching them here how to deal with it after he was gone, after he went to the cross, after he died. And he said to them, peace, I leave with, with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives it, do I give it. In other words, the, the world's going to go crazy and freak out whenever uh, Jesus dies and he goes to the cross. And, and be honest with you, the disciples, some of them did. But, but they're gonna, they don't understand. But he said to them, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. In other words, Jesus didn't die. That day, the Lord told me Abby didn't die. She just went on to be with the Lord. And that's the peace that we have and we are troubled because we know that she's with the Lord. Jesus said, instead, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced. And so Jesus was telling us, you know, when I'm you know, dying, I'm in that grave, you should be rejoicing because I'm going to be with the Father. 
That's what the word said here today. And the Lord showed me how to, to work that. And I went and I preached that at the funeral the other day. And it was a lot better than what I just did then, believe me. But you could feel the spirit in the house. And, and not to, I say this to glorify God, but there was nine pastors in that house that day on that funeral. And talk about intimidating when you got nine pastors out there that you respect. And found out later there was ten pastors in there and you're trying to, to hear from the Lord and do what God's told you to do and you're going to say some things that they may not agree with or what have you. But I had more people come up to me after that funeral and say, man, thank you. Thank you than I've ever had. I've even been asked for my notes by another pastor. And I laughed at him. I said, it's just the word of God. But the Holy Spirit will bring remembrance to you of the scripture for a situation. That was a heavy moment for me. It was a heavy moment for the family. And, and the Lord came in by his Holy Spirit. And he ministered to the situation. And it can be anything. It doesn't matter what it is. The Spirit's here to come in and minister to your situation. And man, we should embrace the Spirit and not be bulled up like I was the other night when things aren't going good, but embrace the Spirit because that's what brings us freedom. The third thing I saw in here, he's got our back. He goes, I'm not leaving you as orphans. That's Jesus. He goes, I'm going to come to you. He goes, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. It's even better. Do you guys realize in John 14, 12, that's when he says that, that you're going to do even more things in my name because I've gone to be with this Father? Because the Spirit will be in you. And this Spirit, the fourth thing, intercedes in prayer for us. Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Man, when you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to do, go to the Lord and just begin to worship him and your spirit and God's spirit begin to do this. And the next thing you know, man, you're in the presence of God. And the word goes on to say, and the father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying. For the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own spirit. Isn't that powerful? The spirit's talking to God and we're talking to God. It's just... But then you jump down to 34 of Romans and Paul says, who then will condemn us? When our spirit's in tune with the Lord's spirit and we're talking and we're praying and we're seeking him and things are happening, he goes, who can condemn you then? Nobody. That's what it says, no one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand of God pleading for us. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Jesus is at the right hand of God. Our spirit's talking to him and he's talking to God and our spirit's talking to us. And isn't that powerful? Five, he's here to be our friend. A friend that furthers you in your calling and in, in your best interest. Not what you think your best interest, but what God thinks your best interest is. John 14, 7, the Holy Spirit leads you in all truth. 
That always reminds me back of the scripture that, that God gives us the desires of our heart in Psalms. Well, God knows our heart, knows our desires. We may be chasing these desires when God knows our desires and what will make us happy. And he knows that, and he's trying to get us there. Again, that's why we get in that spirit. Speak to him and, and, and pray to the Lord and let the spirit move in you. John says in 1526, he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. This is the spirit. Testify gives evidence, proof of Jesus' existence. Keeps reaffirming Christ in you. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And that's John 16, 12, and 13. He'll tell you what he's hearing from God and the direction God wants you to go. And it's just, I've been fighting and not saying it all day, but, but we go save disciple sin. But the other thing the Lord told me when he gave me that years ago was uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. And it's like this. It's a continuous cycle. We're all one. When we're led by the Spirit, we're all one. He's here to remain with us forever. He will never leave our side. Jesus said, but you know him because he lives with you. In other words, this is where backing up to 17, I said earlier, remember that scripture. But you know him, he's with you now. And that's Jesus was in the flesh with him now. But later, in other words, after Jesus has risen, He'll be in you by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we just brush over that scripture, and the Lord hit me with that, and, and I'm just looking at that and seeing what Jesus was telling them. The disciples were saved in John 2020. 20, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And, the, and that spirit of Christ entered them. It couldn't happen before because he was with them. So that was he was with them. He was gone. He was risen. And John 20, 20, he breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Salvation happened in their life. And then 50 days later, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Easter Sunday was April the 1st, May 20th. It was Pentecost Sunday. 50 days later, the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was complete in them. Jesus was complete in them. And when Paul said, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that God's spirit lives in you? Jesus was walking with them in the flesh. Now he's in us in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. That shouting ground there. But all these things I talked about today, I could go on for hours on how they were fulfilled in Acts. Go read the book of Acts and see how the Holy Spirit led, used, and was with the, the, the people of God. Right off the bat, Peter preached this unbelievable sermon. In other words, the Holy Spirit will give us words to say. Then he went by the gate beautiful. In other words, he was praying all the time. 
Saw a man needing healed. The Holy Spirit used him to heal. Spirit said, hey, heal that guy. Hmm? Yeah, heal that guy. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. That's what the Lord told me also at the gravesite the other day. He reminded me of this scripture, and he, he said to Dabby when she entered heaven, silver and gold, I do have. I got lots of it. It's all over the place. Anything you can want in your wildest dreams is here, but hey, rise up and walk. And she went walking and leaping and praising God. Our life never stops when we're in the spirit. We're always with God. I already talked about the Holy Spirit giving boldness. Another word from the Lord Peter had in Acts 4.8. But I go into this a little step further because I think there's a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of offenses, a lot of problems in the in our body even. But But we're upset with people or we're just not going to talk to these people. We're not going to do that. We're, we may not be doing anything wrong, but we just avoid them. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, that's what the Bible says in Acts 7.55, fell to his knees and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now to re- re- refresh you in that story, Stephen stood up and was given a word from the Lord. And the people didn't like it. And they, their teeth was even gnashing. They didn't like it. And they stoned him and killed him. And Stephen, by the Holy Spirit, said, Father, don't hold this against them. Could you forgive somebody that was going to kill you before they killed you? Yeah, you can, by the Holy Spirit. So we have no reason to hold a grudge. Carson likes Chicago Bears, and it ticks me off because they're horrible. But I don't hold that against him. (laughs) We have no reason to hold bitterness or to hold on to stuff because we got the Holy Spirit. I talked and cried about earlier about how I feel so far behind and I don't think I can ever get caught up. And the Lord reminds me of, the, of, of Philip. Philip was doing his business. And the eunuch came by him and wanted to hear about the Lord. Wanted him to preach to him. I don't have time. I got to get this work done. I got to do all this. I can't, do, I can't serve you now, Lord. I got, I'm busy. He didn't do that. Philip got in the carriage and took and went in the opposite direction that he was going ministered to him, led him to Christ, took him out in the water and baptized him. And as he was coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit relocated him. Some say it was 10 to 30 miles from where he was at. Boom. Do we believe in miracles? If you want me to read it to you today. And when they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus. As he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns. In other words, he just, boom, he's over here. And he just went on to preach it again. 
If you trust in God, the spirit will see that you get stuff done. He'll see that your work's done. Farmers, we don't have to race all the time. Just be led by the spirit. When it's time to go, go. But trust the spirit. But the spirit gives us power over all these things in our life. And he wants to speak the word to it. From sins to, to man, I just want to love a little bit better. Man, my joy is not where it needs to be. The Spirit wants to help me be joyful. The Spirit wants to help me do whatever the Lord is, is putting on my heart. The Spirit wants to help me operate in the gifts, the callings that God has put upon me. And each and every one of us have one. You've been appointed one. And the Spirit wants to see you operating in that. He wants to see you doing that. But I close out today with the Spirit must be most important to us. But the Word talked about a couple of traps that, that we can get into. The world, it said in John 14, 7, will not and it cannot Receive the Spirit because it's not looking for it. And it doesn't recognize it. Even the believer, if we're not looking for the Spirit, sometimes we won't recognize it or receive it. Just like I started out today, I wasn't looking for the Spirit Friday night. The Spirit was nudging me all the time. But are we looking to receive and to recognize the Spirit all the time? But something else I find out is a lot of Christians try to use the Spirit for their spiritual game. Well, oh, Pastor, that's not biblical. The Spirit is used to build the kingdom of God, not your dynasty. And so many pastors use it to build their dynasty, and we can talk about all those. Man, I saw some stuff on TV the other night. I'm thinking, where do you get that at? You reading the same Bible I'm reading? But the money's pouring in or they wouldn't be on TV. But in Acts 8, 9 through 15, everybody knows about Simon the Magician. He used his magic for money to make money. He'd do tricks or whatever and prophesy and, and by Satan or however and receive money for it. But he got saved and that went away. But he began to watch the apostles and seeing what happened when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's like, whoa, look at that. And he goes, give me that. I'll pay you for it. You guys know the scripture? I'll, I'll pay you for that. I want that. And the disciples recognized his heart. And rebuked him because he was wanted for personal gain. And it looks like he cleaned it up and he 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 repented and all that. And that's Acts 18 or Acts 8, 9 through 24. You can go read it. Acts 8, 19 through 24. But guys, in your biblical reading, just in Samuel, Eli's sons were abusing the priesthood. 
their position, their anointing. You just read about it in the Bible. Lots of the Old Testament, the priests and the Levites were abusing their anointing and their position for personal gain. Be careful not to do that. We must be filled with the Spirit. Jesus left us with a gift. John 14, 27 it says, Jesus left you with a gift, peace of mind and a heart. Peace of heart. Man, he's left you peace. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's given us that gift of the Holy Spirit. That when nowhere else we can find peace, we can find peace. You could be in Syria where they just bombed and be at peace by the Spirit. But we receive this peace by being in His presence. By coming to church like you're doing today, by your morning Bible study, you're, you're constantly seeking Him. By going to men's conference. Man, thousands of men got saved. That place was packed. Thousands of men worshiping God. What, what better way to strengthen you up? Going to these Bible studies and, and looking in on Landon's Bible study and they had such a big crowd the other night. Wow. Seeing all these guys and girls getting together, praying and seeking God on, on Wednesday nights at their life groups and, and all these other areas. Man, our Wednesday night at Oakland Carthage had 18 there last week. Studying the word of God, seeking God. But Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Praying, seeking God, being aware in your spirit. Why? Because the spirit's going to tell you truth about all things. You see how it works now? But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You build yourself up in the Spirit because you're praying he's, he's putting into you. How many times you're feeling horrible and you go up and you get prayed for and you feel good? Spirit ministered to you. I can remember when I got saved, my knees were knocking. I didn't want to go up front. I gave in. Man, the, the, the load was lifted because the Spirit ministered to me. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. Amen.